Enormous Incisor The perfectly preserved shark tooth measured more than seven inches in length and nearly three inches in width. It was one of the largest ever found. Digby knew the tooth was more of an academic gold mine than a monetary one, so he donated it to the campus museum where it went on display with his photograph and a brief biography. That had been three years ago. Three long years without an archaeological encore. Until now. Digby set the tequila in his knapsack and breathed in the heat of the desert. Dust, mostly, and the incense-like odor of a lone elephant tree. Digby wiped grit from his brow and glanced around the canyon. It was no wonder civilization bypassed Baja California. The mountains of the eastern Vizcaino were as arid as the desert hardpan below. Heat radiated from the cliffs like steam from a flat iron, and other than the blossoming elephant tree and a lone Paolo Aden tree hanging from a cleft fifty feet above, its thorny arms splayed outward like a witch's broom, nothing but creosote bushes sprouted between the boulders. Everything else was rock and sand. No birds chirped, and no breeze descended down the narrow ravine. But for the occasional buzz of an insect, the afternoon was dead calm. And sweltering. Digby ignored the temperature. Thirty years tracking antiquity across the desert had given him a lizard's immunity to triple-digit heat. The tequila helped. Thoughts of treasure helped more. Digby grasped the pick, his mind racing over centuries of myth and lore, millions in Jesuit gold and silver and pearls rumored to be hidden in Baja California, hastily concealed before the Jesuits were expelled by the king of Spain. Most historians thought the tale nonsense. Digby knew otherwise. He also knew the cash was close. Very close. The signs were unmistakable. Hard-packed sand had become homogeneous rock, first the layer of small pebbles, and then the blankets of fist-sized rocks, all of it packed tightly by the vicissitudes of time. Countless flash floods careening through the canyon, matting down the terrain, tons of water tightening the gaps between the rubble, filtering alluvium from slag. Digby recognized the oddity of so many similarly-sized rocks set geometrically beneath the sand. Decades of excavation had taught him that Mother Nature was messy with her burials. Man was methodical. Digby stepped into the grave-like depression and considered his good fortune. Just twenty-four hours earlier, he'd been planning a summer course syllabus on the lost missions of Baja California. Huddled in the basement of the campus museum, he'd come across a trunk of ancient Jesuit journals, standard diaries he'd seen a hundred times before, ramblings of old priests complaining about depraved Indians, despicable living conditions, and Baja's uninhabitable wasteland. A depressing read had it not been for the stainless steel flasks Digby had smuggled into the museum. Tipsy and bored, he'd handled the old trunk carelessly and the bottom fell out. Literally. A false floor had slipped from its groove, revealing a sheaf of old parchment wrapped in oilskin.
parchment that held a crudely drawn map of Baja California with directions written in Spanish. The destination was a mountain range known as Tres Virgenes. Three Virgins. The headline on the map read, Propriedad del Dios. Property of God. Digby quickly repacked the trunk, tucked the oilskin and its parchment into the waistband of his pants, and hurried back to his office at the university's archaeology department. He notified the head of the department of a sudden family emergency, emailed his travel plans to his sister, and headed south. Deep into Baja's Vizcaino Desert, Digby knew the landscape well. He'd crossed it many times in his search for missions. He drove through the night, avoiding gun-toting federales inebriated big-rig drivers, cattle-sized potholes, and death-crazed cyclists intent on peddling the shoulderless two-lane road known as Mexico's...